Every spring in North America, millions of birds fly north in a bid to find an appropriate habitat to reproduce in. Each species has its own unique requirements. Forests, wetlands, prairies, and even some human-built structures can be prime destinations. Songbirds establish territories during this process. A territory could be as small as a few square meters or many acres in size. It could be established by a single bird, a pair, or a whole flock. It may be held for weeks, months, or for some species, held year-round. A territory might even be held for purposes other than breeding, for laying claim to a food source, migration staging area, or as a space to shelter from harsh weather conditions. This series will be an acoustic exploration of a few of those spaces that songbirds call home. This is the song of a male chestnut-sided warbler. He's only been on territory for a few days. It's late May and I'm looking for birds along the Huron Fringe, an area along the eastern shore of Lake Huron, one of the Great Lakes of North America. The chestnut-sided warbler is one of a diverse set of songbird species to be found at McGregor Point Provincial Park just south of Port Elgin, Ontario. This morning, I'm exploring its habitats, wetland, swamp, forest, and shoreline. My name is Rob, and this is Songbirding. some annoyed sounding black cap chickies. I wonder what they're worked up about. There's an old dead birch tree here. It would make for a perfect nest. It would make for a perfect nesting spot for them inside it. But I don't see any holes. Oh, maybe on that side. Oh, okay, I do see a hole. It's well hidden, facing away from the trail. 
I partly wonder if they have young inside that they're trying to encourage to come out. Because I don't see any predators here. Unless maybe a squirrel was poking around in there a minute ago. They could see me as a predator, but uh, they were already making this sound as I was approaching. So I'll leave that be, but they uh, uh, make cavity nests inside softwood like that. Just heard a pileated woodpecker. Dead birch trees are kind of their perfect nesting hole um, material. They can dig into it very easily because it's very soft wood. They spend they can spend nearly a month making a nest uh, from one of those. And it's not just a straight hole with a chamber. They actually usually create a bend within it as well. So they tend to burrow in a bit and then make a chamber for a nest, so... It takes them a while to do it. But they like clearing spaces out. They will use a hole that exists already, but it needs to have stuff in it that they can be able to remove. So if you're ever looking to make a chickadee box or put one out in your yard, what you really need to do is fill it with uh, sawdust or wood chips, something that they can pick up and remove because they need to do some work to make it their own.
Cap Chickadees and Hairy Woodpecker. Oh. And another Canada Warbler. Go winter ran up ahead. There's some black throated green warblers here as well. This being a fairly wet swamp with low growing. With low growing cedar and black spruce. This is a great spot for a winter wren. And also a good spot for black-throated green warblers. And northern water thrush as well, it sounds like. I can just barely hear it. a chestnut-sided warbler. With the leaves out, it's much harder to see. It's a very fast, please, please, please to meet ya. It's a fairly abbreviated version. This bird may be migrating and may be on territory. 
the territory's okay for it. Knowing this location, I have not seen any um, on territory in this spot before, but it's not a bad territory for it. And I have known to I have known chestnut-sided warblers to be rather inconsistent in their territories. Be there some years, not others. Some American red starts here too. The song has a lot of uh, similarities with yellow warbler and magnolia warbler. can be easy to confuse with either of those, especially yellow warbler. This individual is being very friendly. It's not very far away. Just a few feet. He's focalizing a lot. I found in general chestnut-sided warblers are not as skittish around people. They're a lot like um, American red starts in this regard. The territory you'd be looking for would be kind of forest edges and um, thickets, places with lots of shrubs. For me, it's more often that I find it in succession habitat where um, fields are becoming a forest over time. Okay, so he's flown off to another spot to sing. Um, but when you're in a region like I am right now at the Huron Fringe, where there is a fair bit of um, edge habitat with, uh, without a canopy, with low trees and shrubs, um, the, you'll find territories like that, but if you're in a region that doesn't have that, but does have uh, old farmland turning into a forest or 
other cleared land that's been succeeding into forest, that's where you would find them. I'm at an observation tower structure, wooden, taking a look at what's uh, around the structure, surrounded on three sides by wetland and on the other side by the trail leading into it. Yeah, it's a wet thicket around it, so lots of shrubs. Also a couple of yellow warblers here. They're just ticking though. There's a yellow warbler. The warbler uses fairly diverse habitat, anywhere with an open area. It's fair game for a yellow warbler. You'll find their territories overlap with a lot of other species. There's our swamp sparrow. For swamp sparrow, it doesn't need to just be a swamp. It could be a marsh. 
really any kind of wetland. Really in this region, any kind of wetland. As you can hear, there's American Robin here. They're not very picky about territory, as you might know. You can have backyard robins. And you can have robins out in the wilderness as well. They're both urban birds and uh, non-urban birds. We've got a red-eyed vireo here. They're also not very picky about territory, other than they want some fairly sizable trees around. Red-eyed vireo, you can find nearly anywhere uh, with uh, lots of trees around, at least in this region. It is sometimes an urban bird as well. Um, I've known some towns or cities where just one really big tree in a spot is enough to host a red-eyed vireo. Has to be a very mature tree, if so, but uh, with a broad canopy of. But uh, as long as they can nest in it, they want shade in their nest, and they want to build 
their nest uh, at least 15 feet off the ground usually. Anywhere from 15 to 50 feet. Songbirding on Territory was recorded, engineered, narrated, and created by me, Rob Porter. Cover art and logo design was done by Lauren Helton. And the Creative Commons music is from Christina Bushyashvili. Please see the episode notes for links to both of those artists. You can support the show on patreon.com songbirding and get early access to episodes and bonus content.